Hello and uh, welcome to the Guide Initiative podcast and I'm delighted, absolutely delighted to have with us today uh, Marcel and straight away we were hit with a problem which is Marcel, how do you say your surname because there's lots of different versions in the office we talked about how you say it so how do you say that name Marcel? So it's Marcel Petipa for the English folks uh, who are listening. Marcel Pettipa. Brilliant. Okay, so we're delighted to have you with us. We're going to talk about three KPIs, how to measure them for your digital agency. Uh, so I guess my first question to you, just for the audience, just especially for the UK folk, is who are, who are you and, uh, and what do you do and why should we listen to you? That's a great question. So, so I'm the CEO of a company called Parakeeto. Um, we're on a mission to make tracking KPIs for digital agencies much easier than it is today. Robert, as you know, um, oftentimes it can result in having a lot of spreadsheets or a ton of different tools pieced together to keep track of these things. So um, I'm the CEO of a company that's on a mission to do that. Uh, I've been working on this product for almost a year now uh, with my co-founder, Jared, who also runs an agency in Boise. And uh, through that, I've had the opportunity to speak with hundreds of agencies and even do some consulting work with them to help them figure this stuff out for themselves. So really excited to be here today to, to share what I've learned with your audience. And it's great because uh, Marcel and I have been talking over the last few months and, and, and the question Marcel keeps asking me is, so you know, when it comes down to operations, you know, what, is it, what is it that people ask you? He knows about the Google stuff, the fine Google work we do together. And it's, it's, it, the conversation's always about, you know, is there the ultimate piece of software? Is there that, that thing which goes from pre-CRM to post-invoicing that is the one piece of software that, that can do absolutely everything to run an entire agency on? And the answer is? No, that's impossible to no. build. <laughs> it's impossible to get that right. Because every agency is different, right? You can't build the absolutely. ultimate. Absolutely, absolutely. So... Uh, go on three key, three KPIs. Who, what do you think they are? Well, so from what I what I've learned from speaking to hundreds of agencies and and being fortunate enough to learn from people like yourself, Robert. And I just want to before I get into it, just say how exciting it is to be here on the podcast with you. Um, you know, I've been following you for a while. You've you're really a thought leader in this space. And so I've been fortunate enough to learn from folks around what really drives a service business. And fundamentally, every service business has the three core pillars at its foundation that really drive the success of that business and the profitability of that business. And so it comes down to three simple numbers. The first being the capacity of that business, which is simply defined as how much work the team of that company could do for clients at any given time. So any given period of time, how much work could you do? Um, and that usually is measured by how many hours your team has available to work. So obviously a team with 15 people on it can do less work than a team with 50 people on it, for example. The second one is the utilization rate of that company. So how many of those hours are they actually using to work on client work? And this is commonly confused. Um, when I talk about this with people, they think, oh, utilization, billable hours, that means we're billing for our time. Well, we don't bill for our time. But this is actually as simple as if your team is working for a client and you're getting revenue from that, whether you bill them a fixed rate or a monthly rate or by the hour, it doesn't matter. That's your utilization rate. How often are they working for your clients? And finally, it's the average billable rate. 
on average for every hour your team works for a client, how much revenue does your business bring in? And with those three numbers, there's a ton of insight that an agency can get into not only how their business is running, but also where there are opportunities to optimize and increase their profitability dramatically. Okay, so so I get that, and we talk about capacity utilization, average billable rate all the time, and and the 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 the, the question that always comes in, and this is. Uh, for me, I do quite a lot of benchmarking. If I run a program, we always benchmark everyone in the program. Right. The obvious question is, how do you define capacity? How do you define utilization? And, and how do you define average billable rate? So if you can, if you can sort that out, just in, or, or at least give us your definition of it, then, then, then we've got a, a clear runway in terms of the conversation. Right, absolutely. So what, I, what I'd love to do is, is tell you a little bit about how you know, we calculate these things and how we're thinking about it as we build our software product, and then actually walk you through an example of how that might right. work in a real-world context. So um, capacity is very simple. Basically, what you're doing is you're looking at what is my team's total capacity. So generally, if an employee works 40 hours a week, then their capacity on an annual basis is 2,080 hours. But realistically, you're going to have a benefits package for that employee. So they're going to get a certain amount of weeks of vacation every year, some sick days. Maybe you'll have some cultural things that you like to do, a couple of days for the team to do at a retreat or a Christmas party. And so you want to subtract all of those culture hours, if you will, from their total capacity. And then you want to basically come up with a number of hours per week that they're expected to be billable. And for most agencies, that that utilization is going to be anywhere from 30 to 35 hours. So on a weekly basis, you might have 70 to 85% utilization, but on an annual basis, you'll probably end up closer to 60 or 65 with all the vacation and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So usually you want to be trying to get a billable employee that's full-time somewhere around 1,250 hours per year billable or more. If you're less than that, chances are, there's too much time spent on other things that are not billable and it's going to be very difficult to get a return on the investment for that person's salary. So hopefully that kind of helps people figure out where they should be um, in terms of capacity and utilization. And when it comes to calculating them, it's very, very simple. Capacity, as I just explained, is how many hours is this person expected to work annually minus vacation, culture hours, multiplied by their utilization rate. And utilization is as simple as uh, basically how many billable hours did they work versus their capacity. It's just dividing those two things. Average billable rate is the only one that requires you to do a little bit more math. Um, and that's as simple as taking your adjusted gross income, which is basically your revenue minus any pass through. So ad spend, for example, we wouldn't include in yeah. that. Materials, we would subtract that out. So only the revenue that's actually tied directly to your employee's time. And then dividing that by the number of billable hours that your team worked. So if you're an agency and you're listening to this and you've tracked time for a year or two, then it's very easy to go back and get a sense of what your average billable rate actually is today. Um, and that's a very powerful number to know and measure because it helps you you know, create forecasts for the future. It helps you understand you know, when a new client comes in, what that might actually look like. So um, really just take that revenue, divide it by your billable hours, and you'll get a sense of what your average billable rate is. And you can also calculate that 
at a service level, at a client level, if you want to start to get a sense of what are our most profitable clients, services, teams, even employees, it's a really powerful metric. And to me, it's like the, the smoke signal that can identify areas that need attention in your business before they create really catastrophic problems for you. Nice. And uh, have you got, maybe we should save it to the end to make sure people stay on. <laughs> have you got some benchmark figures in mind? I've certainly got benchmark figures in mind for, uh, for utilization and average, average billable rates. So uh, should we leave that to the end? <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I'll save that to the end. So the, but this is a question I'm sure you get all the time is how much should we charge? How much should we be making per hour? And there isn't an answer to that um, in a numbers figure, but I do like to give people a recommendation based on what they're paying their team because that gap is really what's important. There's a context. Yeah, I, I'm interesting. I was talking to a, a lady this morning who runs a small agency in the UK and she was, she, we were talking about average billable rates and she was, she was saying, well, well you know, we did, we did 500 small, really small agencies. Well, we did 500 K on four people. And I said, wow, that's 125,000 pounds. It's virtually the same as dollars now. Um, 125,000 US dollars, sorry. Uh, it's virtually the same, uh, 125,000, which is, which is pretty good going. And she said, yeah, but bearing in mind what we actually pay them, it's not so great. So if she was paying them 20,000 a year, then that would be awesome. But if she's paying them 80,000, then it's kind of not so clever. So we have to have a kind of a cafeteria style. We can't just pick, pick one number just right. to, to say whether things are going well or not. That's what I really like about your, your, your three key drivers, because that gets us into, into the nitty gritty of how well people are doing. And I think the other thing, uh, and again, we've talked about this before, is so many people are, are, people like to think there's a silver bullet solution to running an agency. There's a one model, one playbook. And, you know, one agency wants to be the best in Europe. Another one wants to be the best PPC agency. Another one wants to be the employer of choice. Another one wants to be the most profitable. Another one wants to have the best lifestyle and wants to create this long-lasting legacy. Uh, another one wants to be doing really sexy stuff. And, and so uh, we're, not run, we're not running the same race. And therefore, sometimes this, this idea of, giving benchmarks is is disingenuous because it it doesn't doesn't apply to everyone and and you know if if my thing is i want to be helping um homeless people and, and and all the money and everything and that's why i do what i do then then maybe what what's relevant to me isn't the same as someone who wants to sell their agency in three years time for the biggest possible number so we have to treat these numbers with care uh, but, but, but you were going to tell us a story about, about how these numbers have worked and, 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 and an agency. I'd, I'd be fascinated to, to, to hear that. And just to, just to preface that for you, I guess there's, there's really two, two sorts of people listening to this, two sorts of people who, who follow us, uh, the Guider Initiative on Facebook and so on and so forth you come to the, the programs we run and the one is i would describe as somewhere between 10 10 and 20 staff 5 and 25 staff mm -hmm. and and they have a specific 
set of problems because they're only just starting to employ non-fee earners. Okay, so five people, everyone's fee earner. 25, three people are non-fee earners. So, so they have that issue about, about moving from working on to working in the business. Mm. And, and the, other, the other group uh, is the slightly larger. It's still an independent agency. And they're, I don't know, 40, 50, 60, 70, 80, 90, 100 people. And they're creating a board. They're creating a, a management team, non-fee earners. Uh, and they're also creating a scalable model and they have deeper pockets, and they and you know, boss person isn't doing everything, so they are they are more grown up. So so those are the kind of the two audiences. I'd be fascinated to hear how how you work with uh, these these three KPIs. So over to you. Great, yeah. So let me give you just kind of a, an example of. I want to talk about um, an agency that's that's really in between those two sizes, about thirty staff, twenty five of which okay. actually are billable, um, and they'd be doing about five million dollars a year in revenue. And I just want to walk through when and and I have a model that I'm going to give away at the end of the podcast. I'll give you guys a link where yeah. you can run through this scenario for your own agency, so you can put in. It's a spreadsheet. You can put in your revenue. Put in your utilization today, and then you can start to play around with what happens if I increase this? How does that affect my profit? So I want to show you how this company, so they've got $5 million in revenue. Their net profit is 12% annually, so $600,000, which is pretty good you know, for a service business. I think that's pretty run-of-the-mill, maybe a little bit above average. Um, they've got yeah. about 30 employees, 25 of which are billable, and their annual capacity total is about 52,000 hours, but their utilization right now on an annual basis is 60%. So their team works about 3,100, 200 hours, and they make about $160.25 per hour. So that's a pretty healthy business. But let's imagine for a moment that the management team, they're getting ready to sell this business. They want to increase the profitability of it. They want to increase the valuation. So they have a meeting and they decide they're going to make a couple of simple tweaks to increase their utilization. They're going to cut down on some unnecessary meetings. They're going to get a little more efficient about resource planning, change a few of their systems around. And in doing that, they manage to increase their utilization by just 5% annually from 60% to 65%. So that means their team is working an extra 2,600 hours a year. And that doesn't seem very significant, but if you think about it, that's almost the equivalent of two full-time staff. So their costs don't increase, but their revenue capacity increases dramatically. In fact, it increases by about $400,000, a little bit over $400,000. If you think about that, that's pure profit. So at the end of the year, if they're able to bring enough work into the agency and be efficient enough to reach a 65% billable utilization, they've increased their profit by 400K, which is about a 69% increase in their original profit of $600,000. Now their business has an 18.7% net profit margin at the end of the year. So if we think about is this business now worth 1x revenue or 2x revenue, there's a much stronger argument for 2x revenue. So potentially this business might be worth an extra $5 million um, at the point of sale 
after a 5% increase in utilization. So what seems like a small change, a small tweak on the front end, actually at, for the owner's pocketbooks at the end of the day is a very, very significant and meaningful change. And this is the power of really paying attention to utilization and average billable rate when you have a full pipeline and you're optimizing the efficiency of the business on the back end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to push back on this because... Sure. Is people push back on me all the time. So I, I get I get the what you need to do. Okay, that's really easy. So it's, it's, you get a spreadsheet and you, you bang it out. And I agree. I work with a lot of agencies. We come we come across a lot of agencies doing 60, 63% utilization, some doing some doing less than that. And and the impact of improving utilization, the impact of proving putting up fee rates the impact is extraordinary but but what i want to push back on on you is 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 can you just tell me the how bit you know i mean like um i'm not i'm not meaning to sabotage you on this one but 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 it's but i i totally get the excel spreadsheet piece yeah so so Talk a bit about the how. Sure, absolutely. Yeah. No, to your point, it's very easy to sit in a boardroom and say we're going to increase our our utilization by five percent this year, and everybody high fives and leaves the boardroom. But it's much harder to actually make that happen. So um, some of the so this is like utilization is obviously a bit of a lagging indicator. Some of the leading indicators, some of the inputs to that are going to be things like your sales pipeline, first and foremost. You can say, I want to increase my utilization all you want, but if you don't have the work to do that, then it's not going to happen. You also There's also some context here. If your utilization goes up by 5%, but your average billable rate drops and gets worse, that just means you're over-servicing clients. That's not actually helpful for the business, right? So there is, there is a relationship between these numbers as well. Um, and ultimately, it comes back to it, your kind of your culture and your expectations at the workplace and how much of your team's time you're having them invest in administrative tasks and in internal projects in meetings. So sometimes it's a question of revising, like where are we asking our team to spend their time? Are we asking them to spend too much of their time filling out reports that are inefficient? Can we empower them with better software, better tools, better processes to be more focused? Um, and one of the biggest things that I've seen impact utilization is also the types of um, structure that you have for your team around how many projects they work on. If an employee is asked to work on three, four, five, six clients at a time, their utilization is generally going to drop because there's a lot more switching happening. There's way more meetings. There's way more communication and inefficiency. Um, whereas if you have somebody working on just one or two clients at a time, their utilization tends to be much higher because they get to be more focused. So I think a lot of the time, it's also a question of looking at how do we structure our teams and how do we we implement client responsibilities within the team to make sure that people are not spending too much time switching from task to task and ultimately wasting their time on administrative bullcrap, if uh, for lack of a better term. So you you said something which which is uh, <laughs> which just brings a smile to my face because people often. <laughs> Get it. And you just slipped it in as if it's normal conversation. And I want you just to just to talk a little bit more about the difference between lag indicators and lead indicators. Because we're pretty good. Um, so I'll rephrase that. 
money agency are fairly good at, at understanding lag and lead indicators when applied to a client, mm -hmm. but they don't seem to, often people don't even know what you, they don't even know the difference. So I'd like you to clarify the difference. And I'd, I'd be quite interested on your view of, 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 you know, if you've got a bunch of KPIs, what proportion should be lead and what should be lag and and so on so just 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 give me give me two minutes on lead versus lag indicator i call lead indicators predictive mm -hmm. kpi predictive indicators well and and that's really as simple as it as it needs to be explained a lagging indicator is generally when you're looking at something that tells you about what has already happened right it's telling you about the past so utilization generally is going to be a lagging indicator you're going to look at over the last couple of weeks, how many billable hours did our team work versus what their capacity was, that's lagging. Average billable rate is generally going to be a lagging indicator. Now, if you wanna get really, really ninja and you're using you know, some pretty advanced uh, pro like project management tactics, like you're looking at CPI and SPI and you're getting predictions on the outcomes of the projects, you can get really advanced and start to predict these things. Um, but generally, those are gonna be lagging indicators leading indicators are generally going to be the inputs that influence the lagging indicators. So for something like utilization, your pipeline tends to be a very strong leading indicator. How much revenue do I have in my pipeline? What's my average billable rate? Let's divide that, figure out how many hours that equates to, and then look at our resource plan and figure out what should our utilization look like over the next three months. Because if I have too much work, then my utilization might be too high. My team might get burnt out. If I have not enough work, it might be too low. We might not hit our benchmark. We might miss our revenue and profit goal for the quarter. So um, it's really just about thinking about the inputs what are the things that influence this what are the factors that are going to affect this lagging indicator and how do we measure that if we can let's start measuring it um, if we really want to get a little bit more proactive rather than reactive in our business love it love it and the and i'll just just share with you and the people listening one of the key indicators for my sales guys is uh two hour meetings as a predictive thing there's a direct correlation between the number of two-hour meetings they have and the amount of work they close. And if they can't get a two-hour meeting, I'd, I'd rather they didn't... This is the opening meeting with the client. I'd rather they didn't go because we've not convinced the client that we're worth spending time with, one. And secondly, if we have two hours with a client, we get under the, we get under the bonnet of the business, we get under the bonnet of the, of the client in front of us, so we get to find out about the kids and the family and where they went on holiday. We start developing a relationship. And for us, if there's a two-hour meeting, the likelihood of that becoming a client is super, super high. If it's a 45-minute meeting, then we know we're just competing against five other people, uh, and it's, it's, it's a lottery. So for me, for my salespeople, I, I always say, how many, how many two-hour meetings did you have this month? How many two-hour meetings have you got in the diary for next month? I only want you to be doing two-hour meetings for that, that initial call. And it's, for us, it is the predictor, mm -hmm. the predictor of sales, the predictor of the future. Right. Let's get back on plot. So there are three KPIs. It's a bit like the three bears, isn't it? So three KPIs. There's capacity, there's utilization, and there's, there's average fee rate. Mm -hmm. uh, talk to us some more. 
So I want to share actually one bonus KPI, which is kind of something that we just talked about, which takes KPIs. Right. So so these are these are the three fundamental KPIs for a service business. And I, you know, and it doesn't matter what scale you're at, that doesn't change the, the way a service business operates. Those three things are very, very important. For those that are listening that are maybe are already kind of looking at this stuff, where it becomes really, really powerful is when you combine that with really taking a close look at your pipeline. Because when you combine your sales pipeline with those three metrics, now you're able to start forecasting in a very effective way. Um, and I think that is a huge game changer for agencies because we're notorious in the agency space for being very reactive and always reacting to the work that's coming in the pipeline, not really feeling like we have that much control over when we close a client, when we have to hire. Hiring can become a really big challenge, especially when you get to that 50 you know, and plus point in time. How do we time those hires to make sure they're properly utilized, they ramp up quickly, we're not burning our cash flow, all of this kind of stuff. So when you have these metrics in place, you know what your capacity is, you know what your utilization should look like, you know what your average billable rates look like, then you can start to look at your pipeline and track things like, your sales cycle, how long does it take to close a client? If you want to get advanced, you can do that by stage. So, you know, if a client has done our two hour meeting, on average, it takes us another three weeks to wrap that up. And the percentage chance of us closing that client has gone from 20% to 60%, let's say. So you can really start to map out your pipeline. And then at any given moment, you can have a meeting with your sales team and say, great, we can expect to close $200,000 over the next 14 days. We know our average bill rate is $200 an hour. So that's 2000 hours that we need available. Let's look at our resource plan. Do we have enough staff for that? Oh, no, we don't. Maybe we need to start thinking about hiring a new designer. This is a really, really amazing place to be at as a business owner when you can start to look into the future and get fairly accurate predictions about what decisions you need to make rather than always going, oh, crap, we closed that deal. We don't have enough staff. Let's hire somebody yesterday. You get the wrong person. They're not experienced enough. They only stay at the agency for six months. It's, you know, and you're just constantly behind the eight ball. Um, that's a real game changer. So if you can figure out those three fundamental metrics and you can figure out your pipeline, um, you're going to be in a really, really great spot. Love it. Absolutely love it. And, and funnily enough, I was talking to, <laughs> talking to a client just yesterday who was, who was, who was saying, you know, they, they've got you know, three months to their month end. They've, they've made enough money to pay all the bills. And now the last three months is, is, is profit. Anything they get now is profit. They're paid for everything. So anything they get now is profit. So, you know, can they get X thousand dollars? through the door what's their confidence what's their confidence level in in their pipeline and and we all know the reality is that the things don't come through the pipeline smoothly you get the big clients that come along once every six months once every nine months and you just that's all you want you just want them but you know wow it's been nine months since we had that last big client there's two or three who may turn into that so you're 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 what you're doing is you're you're looking at the pipeline and using some science, for want of a better word, uh, to start to predict the the resource requirements, and 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 it becomes more scientific the bigger you are, 
it becomes more scientific the more data you've got the the less the less lumpy it is i guess right absolutely it's like anything else the more the more information you have the more accurate it becomes the more statistically significant um, your trends become and so there's two ways to really get good at this you track it either over a long period of time or you track it with a high volume of data. And hopefully you have the chance to do both because over a long period of time, the data gets bigger because you get bigger. Um, but ultimately, yeah, you start tracking this stuff. At the beginning, it's going to be a little bit shoddy. It's not going to be that accurate. But very quickly, you'll start to see patterns, especially in the sales pipeline. It's a little bit more difficult um, on the back end of the business if you don't have a, a fairly consistent type of client that you, you work with. So if you're all over the map, like you know, we do PPC for $2,000 a month contracts, and then we also build $100,000 websites for you know, HVAC conglomerates, like it's going to be really hard to get consistent average billable rates to get consistent scopes, you know, that's challenging. So the best thing that you can do for the efficiency on the back end of your business is to try to focus on a handful of problems and a handful of solutions. Um, but on the front end for the sales pipeline, again, if you have a specific vertical, it doesn't take that many emails or LinkedIn connections to figure out, okay, this is how many we need to do to get this many dollars in the pipeline. It doesn't take that many sales cycles to figure out, it takes us about three months to close a deal. Um, it doesn't take that many closing calls or, or two hour meetings to figure out, oh, once we do that thing, the percentage chance of closing that deal increases dramatically. You can start to get statistically significant data on this in a matter of months if you're doing a good job and staying on top of it. Um, and no. it's going to get more accurate over time. And one of the pieces of pushback I get on this a lot is that people say, well, it's not going to be accurate, so why would I bother doing it? It's like, that's true. Maybe it's not 100% accurate, but it's a hell of a lot better than having no idea what's coming. Right. So, well, yeah, it's just like, I mean, my thing about business planning is always business planning, planning is about making your mistakes on paper. Right. And, and you've got to make it on paper. You know, you've got, to, you've got to just try it out and go, oh, shoot, that doesn't work. That doesn't come together or it happens too soon or too slow. Or if that does come in, we're not going to be able to deliver on it. So you've, you, can't, you, can't just, you can't just wait. You know, hope is not a strategy. It's unbelievable. Right. So let's just, let's just start heading towards the ending. Um, Benchmarks. We said we'd talk about benchmarks. Mm -hmm. um, uh, High-performing agency. What sort of benchmarks are you looking at? You, let's do U.S. dollars. Yeah. Uh, yep. uh, what sort of benchmarks do you think average billable rate should be for a for a kind of digital agency, primarily around performance? Right. So, so my favorite ratio with this is really just talking about what multiple of salary this should be. And at a minimum, I like to see 2.5x salary to average billable rate. High performing agencies, you're seeing four to 5x salary. Um, and, and because, you know, they want a 60 to 70% gross margin on service contracts so that they can be netting 25 plus percent annually, which gives them the cash flow to scale up quickly. Um, so if you're looking at, you know, your employees cost you, let's say $50 an hour, you want to be at least two and a half times that for the average billable rate. So that'd be $125 per hour. If you want to be high performing, we're talking almost $200 an hour. Um, so Try to try to get up to you know 2.5x or higher, and you should be 
healthy enough as a business to cash flow it and, and be okay. And what about utilization? So utilization, again, um, coming back, most agencies fall somewhere annually around 60 to 65%, which means on a week-to-week basis, they're 70 to 85% billable. Now, again, there's some context here. Depends on a person's role. Maybe they've got some responsibilities coaching the team. They're a little bit more senior. You know, this context is important. And then also taking a look at how many clients they're working with. I see people that are 92.5% billable on every week because they only work for one client for three months at a time, right? It's like a developer and they're basically just sold <laughs> to work on the team. That, that person is 90, you know, I've seen 100% utilization, 40 hours a week, they're billable. That's, you know, possible. But if you've got a designer that has to try and work on six different branding projects in the next three weeks, chances are their billable is going to be lower because they're constantly in meetings. They're constantly, you know, giving updates and constantly communicating to the client. So there's some context here, but annually, if you can get to 65% utilization, that's pretty good um, with the industry. And again, with capacity, you know, if you can get a billable employee to 1,250 hours uh, a year billable, that's pretty good. You know, that's, that's a pretty good benchmark, and that's what most people in the industry are doing. Yeah, and, and for me, I mean, I, I, I talk a lot about escape velocity. And escape velocity is that point where utilization is, is high enough, the billable rate is high enough the capacity is high enough that suddenly you're making money and and i mean you know we, we talked about it yeah you can play with excel spreadsheets but one or two percent on utilization one or two percent on the fee rate one or two percent on on capacity and nearly all the all the brilliant case studies and of, of people who've gone from we're doing okay to we're doing awesome is when they've they they have you know i i can see it historically now they've 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 gone into escape velocity by just tweaking one two three four and they've gone from this is really really hard work i don't know why it's so difficult i'm doing everything right Uh, do i just need to get up earlier and go to bed later and no it's not you just need to think a little bit smarter a little bit cuter and just be aware of of your utilization be aware that every time you have a you know a a, a brown bag lunch uh and everyone sits around for the extra hour every time you say to everyone at four o'clock on friday yeah it's friday everyone go home you know you're killing your margin you're absolutely killing it and and the agencies that do really well they are disciplined i'm not saying they don't let people go off on friday but they nail the numbers because they it's the dull, boring stuff. They understand that this stuff, which feels sometimes a bit like talking to the accountant, it, it makes it makes apologies, but it, it makes all the difference. And and I would argue that the really great agencies are the one that that that, that nail the dull, boring stuff. It's really easy to nail doing sexy work. It's really easy to nail the sales bit. It's really easy to nail. PR and social media it's that it's this concentration on on making sure you're not a busy fool and it just feels to me blindingly obvious and I just love the fact that you're coming in so clearly about this is how you grow an agency this is what you need to do here are the tools here are the techniques so um 
there's 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 something you're going to offer us. You've enticed us with it, so kind of <laughs> tell us a little bit more about it. You can't leave it at that. Yes, absolutely. So um, for those of you that are listening that want to uh, grab a cheat sheet that has all of the metrics that I talked about today, as well as the benchmarks and the formulas on how to calculate them, as well as a few bonuses and a a model generator so that you can run through some scenarios and see how changes in these metrics will impact your business, you can head over to parakeeto.com slash guida, G-Y-D-A, and you'll be able to download those resources there absolutely free. Um, And then there's also another thing that you and I talked about yesterday, Robert, um, which is that I'm putting together a mastermind program for agency operations specifically. So, um, you know, you and I both know that there's a ton of resources out there to help people with getting clients, building their sales pipeline. But once they've got that figured out, oftentimes there isn't a place for people to talk about this boring stuff. And it's important. So I wanted to create that place uh, a space for us to come together, come on calls, operations managers, COOs, um, people that are focused on this stuff to talk about what does your spreadsheet look like? What challenges do you have? How have you figured this out so we can come together and help each other become more successful? So if you're interested in applying for that, you can head over to parakeetocom slash mastermind and fill out the application and we'll get on a call and see if it's a fit. Yeah, I think the mastermind's fantastic. I mean, we, we talked yesterday. I'm a huge fan of, of peer-to-peer support. I'm a huge fan of a safe harbor where you can share what's worked and what hasn't worked, where, where you can do issue processing. Uh, I'm, I'm a huge fan of being able to check in on a quarterly or a monthly basis with uh, some people doing similar stuff to me, uh, but aren't judgmental. And, and, and also, finally, for me, I'm a huge fan, especially around Mastermind, about, about this piece about, on the one hand, we're pretty lonely because we're in a business, especially if you're operations manager, uh, you don't get a lot of hugs and kisses from people. <laughs> you're, you're often on your back foot. You're asking people to do stuff that they didn't know and so, and so on and so forth. Or you're telling the salespeople it's not possible. Uh, so from a place where we're in some senses quite lonely, uh, to have, um, a support team is, is just awesome. So I think the idea that you're doing that is just brilliant. And I, and I really recommend anyone who's, who's listening, if they got, if, if they are the operations director, operations manager, or they've got an operations director manager, this is a man, this is a man you should be talking to. Um, uh, so Final thing, uh, I'll just spring it on you uh, because as it's probably fairly obvious to everyone, this hasn't been an over-rehearsed uh, podcast and I like it that way. I like it that way. <laughs> um, a couple of pearls of wisdom from you. You know, if you had, you had one or two pearls of wisdom, one or two golden nuggets that you, you wanted to share, uh, so, you know, my, my golden nugget is my in praise of the dull, boring stuff and, and it, it's not meant to be rude at all because I just do think... All the agencies that do awesomely are the ones who've nailed exactly the stuff that you were talking about. So uh, tell me a couple of golden nuggets from you. Sure. So the, the first thing that I will say is that this stuff only matters if you don't have a pipeline problem. There's no point in trying to optimize your utilization if you're still struggling to bring business into the agency because you're not going to have the work to optimize your, your, your sales or sorry, to optimize your operations. So the first thing that an agency really needs to figure out if this is going to be super relevant is getting consistent clients coming in the door. 
Um, and that's something that you're really amazing at helping them out with. So if you're listening and that's still your problem, Robert's your guy. <laughs> so that's the first thing that I'll say. The second thing that I'll say is that um, this is a lot simpler, you know, than people make it out to be. It does take a little bit of work up front to kind of get the systems in place to measure these things. But once you start measuring them, it's not as complicated to, to do this going forward. And um, the numbers are not going to solve your problem, though. So this is something that I get some pushback on sometimes too. I remember in the very early days of Parakeeto, I was doing customer development calls where I would call people and ask them, do you track these metrics? Why or why not? And one guy said to me, you know, so what? I, like, why do I care about these numbers? Um, they're not going to solve my problems. They're not going to fix my culture problems. They're not going to. And I said, you know what? You're absolutely right. But they are going to show you what the problems are before you feel what the problems are in the business. And that's really, really important. So don't look to these numbers as your saving grace. You still need to look at why is my average billable rate 20% lower in software development than everywhere else in my business? Let's go ask some questions and figure out how to fix that. And the last thing that I will say is that it's not always a good idea to measure this stuff and then top down push it into your teams for many people optimizing these metrics means that you might have to change some workflows you might have to ask a little bit more of your team you might have to ask them to start tracking their time a little more accurately etc 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 so i think the the experiences where i've seen this work the best is when the team was incentivized to maximize the profitability of the agency and they were invited in shown these numbers and shown how increasing these metrics were gonna impact the business and how it was in turn gonna benefit them. So now the team is engaged in wanting to improve processes. The team is coming to you and saying, hey, we, we waste a lot of time on this and we think it's, it's decreasing our utilization because they know if we can increase our utilization by 5%, we get a big fat bonus check at the end of the year and it, it's gonna be helpful for us or we have more job security or we know that you know, the business is going to be more successful. So um, if you can get your team engaged in helping you optimize the process and get them bought in, um, it'll probably be a lot easier to make some of the changes that maybe you're listening to this dreading um, making in your business. So those would be kind of my top three things uh, for Golden Nuggets. Absolutely fantastic. So Marcel, how do people get hold of you? What's the best place to get hold of you? Best place to get a hold of me is probably at my website, parakeeto.com. So that's P-A-R-A-K-E-E-T-O.com. Parakeet like the bird with an O at the end, dot com. Um, there's an intercom chat there. Uh, my email is uh, on the contact page. So feel free to reach out. Um, feel free to go over and check out our product. And uh, we've got all kinds of resources there. We've got our own podcast, we've got blogs. So that's probably the best place to interface with us. And I'd love to hear from you if you, you have comments uh, or insights from this. Uh, I'd love to hear an email and hear what you thought and what you learned. That's been absolutely fantastic. I mean, what I love about talking to someone like you is we always come away uh, going, oh, are we doing, are we, are we really doing all this stuff? So I, so I love the fact that it, it, it kind of, it kind of just makes you just, just recoil and think about what you're actually doing yourself. I also just love the fact that you're, you're able to, to talk digital. Uh, so many people uh, talk KPIs, but when you actually push them to talk about the digital world, they're, they're, they're not so hot. So it's lovely to have that 
digital agency experience, that digital agency thing flowing through. And, and also I just love the energy, the enthusiasm, uh, because this stuff, this stuff is so important and, and it's, it's the thing that people prefer not to do. They, they'd rather go onto Facebook and chat with people uh, <laughs> than, than, than do this. And yet this, this, is, you know, this is the game changer. This is the thing that makes the difference. Uh, I've seen it, you've seen it. So uh, I know that if people apply just two or three things that you've talked about today, it's going to change their agencies. I know that if they, they apply more than that, it's going to be even more impactful. I really look forward to talking to you again. It's been an absolute pleasure listening to you uh, as always. And on that note, I'm going to say thank you once again very, very much, Marcel. Thank you, Robert. It was a pleasure being here. I really appreciate the opportunity.